there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, Doug Gottlieb and Jeff Schwartz in for Dan the Danettes who are in Ireland. And I believe they'll be getting ready for college football upcoming, won't they? Does that start tomorrow, guys? When does it start? Just Thursday and Friday? What day is today? Today is Tuesday? Okay. I just, I, you ever get to where you don't know what day it is of the week? Usually that's when you come back from vacation. I have not. Uh, maybe I should know it's Tuesday because I stayed up and watched Monday Night Football last night. Jeff Schwartz, good morning to you. How are you? I'm fantastic. I watched it too. Were you excited to watch a preseason game like I was? Um, I don't know if I was excited to watch a preseason game, but I ended up really enjoying watching the game. Like that was like my takeaway was like, it's not just football. It was the fact the Ravens had the streak going. It was this, you know, kind of quasi rivalry, which like we can get into later on in the show. If you want, I just, the Washington, whatever they're going to remain to be called commanders and the Ravens, they should play each other every year in the regular season. Like these games should always be played. Um, but I and I, I don't know. I thought Buck and Aikman were awesome. Like I know they were good last year. I just, um, Jay Stu and I were talking when I was driving in. Like it kind of feels like a little bit of a reset for them. And then you had the really awkward handshake in the <laughs> in the booth. There was there's just a bunch to it. Yeah, I was. I don't know if I was excited to watch it. But I enjoyed watching it a great deal, and then it and then it was one on a game-winning field goal. Uh, there was a bunch to it. Yeah, it was cool. I thought it was fantastic, and mostly because of of that streak. And I think the Commanders were playing hard anyways. But there was that motivation to beat their rivals. You mentioned, and there is a rivalry there in that region between the teams, and also and the pre. I mean, they went and celebrated after the game like they won a regular season game. Like yeah. It was a big deal to them. And also, they didn't win a lot of games last year. Correct. So, yeah. And they have a new owner. It's just the first game at home with a brand new owner who 
was wearing just like a, a what? burgundy what? plain what? Okay, let's 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 before we get into all this, like let's just talk like dudes, okay? What is he wearing? It was bad. Okay, it, so it was like so okay, so um he's worth how much, Jay Stu? How much is he worth? Uh, I'll effort that. Let okay. me effort that. I mean, Eleven look, to twelve billion? I mean it's it's gotta like be that. a lot. I mean he's he's the managing general partner. He was a he was a hedge fund guy, right? Yes, six point six billion is what it's. He's worth six point six billion. That's after the sale or before the sale? No, I mean he didn't put up the six billion dollars for the sale. I mean he's got a lot of partners. He's got partners, right? correct? He's the managing general partner of the Sixers, of the Commanders, of I think the Flyers as well, right? So th- those are like assets he has. He's worth a lot of money. If you, once you have the third comma, like, so he's wearing. And it might be really expensive, right? I don't know. But it's a burgundy polo. It didn't appear to have any buttons. Um, and it was felt like it was slightly faded, right? Now, again, I can give a guy a pass on this um, if it was like, hey, this is the polo I wore the first time I came to a, back when it was the Redskins, and I decided I want to buy that team. Like that story. I, other than that, you either go like T-shirt and you're every guy, or jersey and you try and be every guy, or you wear s- something decent. But that was, that was like I'm running out the door. I need something burgundy to wear. Somebody throw me a shirt. He threw yes. it on, and then it was kind of like half sweaty. It was not a great look. It, it, either it was one of two things. Either he's like, "Oh, I don't have a burgundy shirt. Let me find one in my in my closet." And he pulls it out of the back of his closet. I mean, it had the 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 the, uh, the pocket on the front as well, or he just went to like a thrift shop on the way in and picked out a burgundy shirt to wear. Why did he just wear a team polo? They would have given him one exactly. in the locker room. Exactly. <laughs> so he walks in. That that's where that's when you don't have real friends. Like a real friend would be like, "Hey, dude, what are you wearing?" Like I got a burgundy polo on. He's like, "Yeah, let's." Let's get the, the equip- team polo. Let's get the equipment guy. Get in here. Get you a team polo. It's your team now, buddy. This is your. It's yeah, your you operation. can do whatever you want. You don't have to even ask the equipment guy. You can tell the equipment guy because ultimately it's your team. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the video of the handshake, Doug. <laughs> so it's, bad. It's so it's like. I mean, the, okay. You know, the so joke is- so here's the here's the setup for people who didn't see it because we are we're doing the thing you're not supposed to do yes. in radio, which is we're assuming right. And um, we're assuming that you watched and you probably didn't watch. Josh Harris is the commander's managing general partner. He is the majority owner of the football team as he took over for Dan Snyder. It was like a celebration of ding dong, the witch is dead, witch old witch, the, the wicked witch, right? That, that Dan Snyder's out. So he's up in the booth in between Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. And Joe Buck is, he's kind of looking at the camera, kind of looking at Troy, not really making eye contact, with Harris, but he's talking with his hands. And when he's talking with his hands, he does have his right hand kind of extended in what appears to be a preemptive handshake move. And at some point, Harris just decides to kind of go in for the handshake and then realizes that it's not a handshake and pulls his hand back. And And only Aikman really kind of mentions it because he, he smirks and smiles for a second. But yeah, that was a, that was a fun moment. It was so awkward. It was like perfect 
for the moment of just an awkward uh, guy who is a billionaire, bazillionaire in a in a weird burgundy colored shirt. Um, and <laughs> Troy Smite, it was perfect for the preseason. It was a perfect encapsulation of what the preseason is about. Um, but it was it was a good game last night. It was fun to watch. The team, both teams, were into it, which is I think important because a lot of these games the last couple of days have had no starters playing. No one's really into it. I mean, the game in the in the hurricane in Los Angeles was atrocious to watch. Uh, so it was good to see some some teams care about the game last night. Yes, I mean, I I think guys generally, and I could be wrong, but especially in these games, they care because they're they're trying to either make a team or make a tape for a team. Um, but the stadium caring and the starters caring about winning and losing was what was different last night. And again, like the the uh, the Commanders went down. No, excuse me, the Ravens go down and score, and then. Um, they went for two and then they're up eight and the commanders come back and score and they go for two. There are no, no, are no, is no overtime in the preseason. Something I didn't know. I don't know if it's Buck knew, change. but he, a, but he did, he did mention it at some point, um, but they didn't get it. Great tackle on the two point conversion play. And then I'm sitting there with a buddy watching the game and I, I was like, they're going to get the ball back. This thing's going to come down to like one last drive. And on like, there was, it was like, it, it was really like a classic two minute drill where was it Jake Fromm? Is that who was the, the quarterback for the commanders, right? The kid who was at Georgia. Yes. Right? Okay. So he's, and like fourth and 11, there was a pass interference call, right? There was a couple of replayed calls. as There was a replay as well. It was like a little bit of everything. And then they won on a game-winning field goal. And then what I thought was weird about the game-winning field goal, did you notice when the ball first came off his foot, it felt like it was going dead left. And then all of a sudden, like, it just kind of sliced back perfectly through the uprights from about, I don't know, 44 yards for the game-winning field goal. And then, as you pointed out, the commanders celebrated like they won a regular season or maybe even close to, like, a quasi-playoff game with that level of celebration. It was it was a celebration of I think years now of of just the organization being stuck in the mud. You know the organization having no direction. You know the fan base not enjoying the product at all, and it felt like it all came together with that win last night. Again, it's preseason; it means nothing, right? I mean, Sam Howell played well. That's good if you're a Commanders fan, but otherwise, there's not much to take away from this game other than the energy of the organization feels much different now with a brand new owner. And that's why I took away from watching them play last night. It's just, they, they looked different at home and the energy of this game. They're excited, obviously that they don't have Snyder there anymore. We do realize that uh, as much as there's new energy now, there is only one unforgivable sin in, in sports and that's losing. And so if they win, people will love them. If they lose, people will not. Yeah. I think they're going to win more than we think. If Sam Howell can be like, uh, like average quarterback in the NFL, they got a pretty good roster, man. They, they won more games than we thought last season. I, I'm not sold on Sam Howell. Obviously, it's one preseason game. The preseason overreactions, Doug, have gotten like intenser by the year. I don't know why we we all do this, but um, if he can be average, they're going to win a lot of football. They're going to be a surprise team this year if, if Sam Howell can be any bit of average. Um, yeah, and, and and you know, in fairness to Ron Rivera. When he's had his starting quarterback healthy, right? like when he had Alex Smith, they were actually in first place in the NFC. Yes. They've just been besieged by injuries. And the question for Sam Howell is, one, can he stay healthy? And two, like, 
what's his ceiling, what's his floor. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think none of us believe that the, I don't know if, if do you believe, do you believe like Dak Prescott is some crazy talent, at quarterback? I, I don't know. I think, feel like he went from underrated to overrated to now. Yeah. Now people, now people are almost underrating him. Um, are they? Yeah, I don't know. It's about ten to twelve, right? I mean, I, I put him and Cousins sort of. Yeah, same guy. Yeah, it's ten. Yeah. To, but so they're really like ten to I twelve. I think Cousins is a little better, to be totally honest with you. Uh, that uh, that would be my. I would say Cousins. He, you know, but again, it's we're, we're neither of us think thinking, he's yeah. like they're like Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Correct. Right? They're, yes. they're good. They're good. They're good, and they're good leaders and good dudes, and they don't have flaws as as human beings that'll bring them down outside of football. So. Um, and then, you know, I don't know what you think of Daniel Jones. I think the Giants are a little bit better than people think they are. You know, I don't think they were great last year, but again, that NFC East had a super easy schedule. And then the Eagles who were just dominant last year, one easy schedule, but two, seven new starters and three, two new coordinators. Um, and they're, they're a game that's circled on everybody's calendar this year. I think it's going to be interesting to see that division. So I'm, I'm with you on Washington being, I think better than we think, but I don't know what that actually looks like. It all comes down to Sam Howell. I mean, we have seen this year after year. The division previews for the NFL can be boiled down very simply to, do you have the best quarterback in the division? If you look at the winners of divisions, most recently last season, the year before that, I mean, seven out of eight divisions are the best quarterback, right? And Sam Howell, no matter what you think of him, how good he can be, I think he'll never be better than Jalen Hurts. I don't think he'll be better than than Dak Prescott. And if you just get average from him, you can make a wild card berth. You can sure. be competitive each week. But I, I don't see him, Doug, as a franchise quarterback. It, it, I know we like the underdog story. We like thinking that a fifth-round pick is going to be. But it, those are the outliers, a very rare quarterback. We just talked about two of them, two fourth-round picks, right? Cousins and Dak Prescott. It's just like good not Super Bowl caliber, right? So Sam Howell's not going to get to that point, I think, where they can win the division, but they can be competitive enough to make it fun each week. Everyone can keep their job, and maybe next year you surround them with more talent, even though they have a ton of talent, and you hope that you know in year three he makes a little bit of a jump and, and you're more competitive. But you're not, in my opinion, if you're Washington, you're kind of, you're just never going to get to that point where he's winning you the division and winning you a bunch of playoff games. No, but I, I think that the idea is... Um, and I would also say Chase Young, if Chase Young can get back to what we thought he was before the knee or anywhere close, that that could be a determinant, right? Because they could have just get back to that dynamic defensive front and play to their defense. Um, but like, I think this is the classic way in which you rebuild a roster, which is what the Eagles really want to do. And they just. I think they lucked into Jalen Hurts. I don't think anybody, no one thought Jalen Hurts was going to be this good. Zero people, uh, even the Eagles, right? They were positioning themselves with the three first-round picks to draft a quarterback this past year, and Jalen Hurts ended up being, like, arguably the best quarterback in the league last year. Kind of surprised him. But you rebuild a roster by having a guy on a rookie deal, especially a non-first-rounder on a rookie deal. He makes no money. So you can take that money and spread it around and build an entire roster, and then... Like, all right, now we figure out, do we use our resources to get an elite quarterback in the draft coming up when the rest of our roster, when the rest of our, our roster is already full up? You, If you're Washington, you have to do that. The worst place to be in the NFL is sort of where they're at right now, which is 
we don't have a quarterback that's good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think the, the most ardent Commanders fans would say that's the case deep in their hearts as much as they want to think Sam Howell is going to be this guy that he probably isn't. And, and they're not bad enough like Arizona or maybe Tampa Bay to get a Caleb Williams or Drake May. They're sort of in the middle. Now, you're right. They can trade up and and sort of sacrifice the future. And Caleb Williams, I think, is good enough to do that. But who's ever drafting first, if it's Arizona, is going to want him anyways, right? So you're kind of going to have to settle for someone else. They're sort of in the oh. worst spot to be in now. As a fan of the team, they're going to be competitive, which is what you want, right? It's much more fun to watch a team that competes each week than a team that wins three games. But you're not looking forward to any sort of postseason success if you have a quarterback like Sam Howell. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what's the real difference between Sam Howell and Baker Mayfield? In terms of uh, talent. Not, nothing. I, mean, I think Sam Howell probably runs a little bit better, but that's about it. Right. So, I mean, part of it is like, and, and, and I do, I agree with you that he's not an elite talent, right? He is not Justin Herbert. He is not Pat Mahomes. He's not Lamar. He doesn't have something that no one else has. But he's just, he has a chance to be good and solid, which I think Baker, that's Baker's real level of talent right there, right? Is he's really, he was really kind of that, in that third to fourth round range sort of thing. And again, if you put a really good team around him, those guys can be fine. You're right. The playoffs, they're not, those guys generally don't win you games. But we just talked about Kirk Cousins. Wasn't he a fourth, fourth round pick? Yeah, we, just about game. <laughs> we just talked about we just talked about Dak Prescott. Was he a fourth round pick? Yeah, they okay. they both won one playoff game. Okay, again, but yeah. but they are but you also said they're both in that 10 to 12 range. And again, I I think that's probably a little bit above where Sam Howell will be, but we we haven't really seen him start a game with this right. team. So, I don't think they're in that bad of, I think we both walk away going they're not in that bad a place. The plan is probably to build up the roster and then try and get a legit guy. In the meantime, he might be good enough, and let's kind of see where this thing goes. But it, it was a breath of fresh air to have a big-time broadcast, a competitive game, um, two teams with their own unique stories, and then the Washington Commanders finally feel like, okay, now we can talk about them again because Dan Snyder's no longer involved. Yeah, they're fans. I have friends, I'm sure you do, that are Commanders fans. Like they, I've never seen a fan base more happy for an ownership change, just a, a, breath, a, a breath of fresh air. We saw even there were uh, the signs lining the, the freeway, the highway, heading into the stadium, thanking the owner for, for buying the team, the new owner. Like it's, it's, it's a big weight lifted off the shoulders of those, fan, of those fans who, who weren't proud to be Commanders fans. I'm sure they changed that name, too. That has to be done as well. And, and the first home game is going to be full. That place is huge. It seats over 90,000. It gets loud. Um, I'm happy for that fan base. They're very passionate, and they deserve to, to have a product they can, uh, they can cheer for. Would you? What, what name is the name? Not Commanders. Um, I like the – they had – I think Red Wolves was one of them they had up there. I think that was one I liked. Um, what were the other options? There was a, a – I mean, there's, was, there's a Native American group with 90,000 signatures to bring back Redskins. Look, man, I mean, I if, if they want to do that, fine with me. I mean, Utah still has the Utes, right? The Seminoles in Florida State. I mean, it's still, well, it's Utah still happening. To, Utah used to be the Indians. Uh, yes, they're now the Utes, but they've been the Utes for quite a long time. But, um, I mean, so, some of the the some of the, the teams still have the, the tribal name. Like yeah. The, the, the tribes are fine with it. I, I, uh, I, I my, my thing with the Redskins was I did think there was equity with it. And, two, it's not 
it's not actually a slur that anybody uses, right? It's uh, anyway, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's it's probably too early in the morning to get into some political warfare <laughs> over a nickname. But I would agree with you that Commanders just feels weird. It does. does I like the Washington football team better Loved than the Commanders. I thought that was cool. Right. Like, why can't we be different and be Washington's football team? That's that's fine. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and Holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, along with Jeff Schwartz. I'm Doug Gottlieb. So, Jeff, here's my question about the Jets. 
Yes. Is it going to work? What 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 does work mean? Well, you, you know you know the expectations. Expectations are at least playoffs, um, and then you know I mean, is is it a is it a playoff team? Does it? Everyone th- thinks well, they were a quarterback away. Is now they they clearly have a quarterback. Um, is it going to work? Um, I think they're 50-50 for the playoffs, and I, I, I don't think in year one they're going to have a magical playoff run. Um, they play in a tough division, as we know. Uh, defensive regression is a thing in the NFL where one year you're really good, the next year you drop back a little bit. That, that's sort of typically what happens. There's obviously exceptions to that rule um, over the years. But most often there's a little bit of a drop back. Now, obviously the the upgrade on quarterback can make up for the, the, the drop on defense. But, Doug, I don't know if you paid attention much to them. I know that we sort of all have. Um, their offensive line is a complete wreck right now. And nothing that they do with the quarterback position is going to to make their offensive line magically better. They have a lot of problems on that unit right now. And um, if they can't get that fixed, and it could be fixed with as simple as like Dwayne Brown just kind of coming back, their left tackle. Dwayne Brown's 39 just, years old. I know, no, but there's a lot like, of... Well, he'll be fine. Like he's 39 years First of all, you're betting on him to be nearly what he has Correct. been at 39. And then you're also betting on him to not get hurt again Whereas we all know, the older you get, the more likely you yeah. get hurt again. So if if Dwayne Brown again, if comes back healthy, left tackle that fixes that position, allows Makai Beckton to go back to right tackle. Um, but there's you know, let's talk about moving their best guard right now to back to tackle. Like if their offensive line can't play well, they're not going to do very well this season. And Rodgers is older. It's going to be getting hit a little bit. He's not as mobile as he used to be. Again, once you get older, to your point, you stop moving as well. And that, to me, is a huge concern. Um, and in a division where I think Miami is really, 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 really going to be good this season, they add Vic, uh, Vic Fangio, uh, defense coordinator, very underrated awesome. addition to this uh, to this Dolphins team, I think, with the with the players they have on defense. If Tua stays healthy, the offense we saw last year are going to be really good. I, I think the Patriots are better than people want to give them credit for. They have a real offensive coordinator now. A real a real one. Last year they had an, an offensive line coach and, and a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach calling plays on offense. That's not how it's, it works. They have a real offensive coordinator and a real defense. Like They're going to be good. The Jets have a tough schedule. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to see a lot of as much success as they hope, I think they're fighting for a wild card berth, and they're losing that wild card round. They game. open up. I don't know if you've seen their schedule. Oh, it's bad. Right? They open up Bills on Monday Night Football at home, at Dallas against Cowboys, Patriots at home, defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs also at home. They go to Denver take on the Broncos. Of course, we know they'll be a you know because of the coaching change there, and their offensive coordinator was the head coach there. Then they got Eagles, Giants on the Giants, Chargers. Before they go to the Raiders, then back to the Bills. Like, man, that is – give me the Falcons early in the season. Give me the Cardinals early in the season. Let's welcome in Kerry Rhodes. He joins us. Of course, uh, he played safety for the Jets and the Cardinals, and he joins us here on the Dan Patrick Show. Um, Kerry, give me your, your your sense. Everyone's talking about the offensive line. How problematic is that going to be early on in the season? Well, it is problematic. What's up, What's up, Doug and Jeff? Uh, yeah, it's problematic, but it's um, one of those things where when you get a veteran quarterback – a lot of times you're able to mask, mask some of those things. So I'm sure they know that the Lions sucked throughout training camp so far. And, I mean, we've heard that from Salah on hard, hard knocks, right? But at the end of the day, when you bring in a veteran guy, I mean, you can look at those Tom Brady teams in New England. 
uh, there was years where that offensive line wasn't great either or even really, really good. But being able to mix match those guys and put them in the best positions to be successful and a quarterback that knows the offense the way that Tom did, it's the same situation that's coming here with Hackett coming back to, to the Jets. So you have a familiarity with all your, hot, all your hot reads, all your hot routes, all your checks. And so, you know, Aaron knows that he's going to get rid of the ball quick early and they're going to run the ball. And I think that patchwork line will get them get them through that gauntlet of those first first couple of games where it's tough, and they'll be right in the thick of it as, as it moves on. Nate Hackett has not been a good offensive coordinator. The the the, the numbers back it up. Um, yeah. What changes with, with Aaron Rodgers? Just that he has Aaron Rodgers now and he becomes something that he hasn't been? Or do you think there's still some question marks about his ability to lead a, a successful offense? Oh, that's going to be question marks for sure. After leaving the situation he left last year and, and it being such a, such a mess, I mean, uh, for lack of better words. But, I mean, the success that Hackett's had with, with Aaron, I mean, obviously that speaks for itself. The familiarity helps. And Aaron being able to have a situation where, you know, he's comfortable and being able to go to the line and put them in the best possible play. Because, you know, a lot of times when you have veteran guys, you're not just going to the line with one play call. And, you know, in the situation last year, I'm sure they didn't have that same flexibility with Russell Wilson. So I'm looking at the familiarity here uh, being being a real, real, real big positive. And, yes, he hasn't had success in the last few years, but with Aaron Rodgers, he, he has. Okay, Kerry, I have a question here, and maybe, Jeff, you can hop in as well, okay? So yeah. I get, Kerry, what you're saying. Like, look, um, you go up to the line of scrimmage, you, you, you run this offense, you know it like the back of your hand, you know right. all the options, okay? You're exactly. super familiar with it, which is really yeah. comforting to a quarterback, right? You know the protections, yeah. you know the lingo, nothing has changed, it's great. Right. What about the rest of those guys, though? They don't, do, they, do they have the same level of comfort when you're making changes? I think they do. I mean, I think that's why Aaron came in to all the OTAs and all the mini camps where, where he hasn't done that in the past, right? I'm sure he knew that that was going to be a big emphasis for them guys going into the season. I mean, the, the chain of communication, I'm sure, has been open throughout this whole process. So Aaron, you know, showing that he's been such a, a, a great leader in this situation with the Jets has been very promising. And seeing him go early, I'm sure they've gone through a lot of these things and they're going through all the tape, and that's what the preseason is for, Doug. You know, I mean, so, I mean, these guys are going to work it out. And, I'm, like I said, I, I mean, I know I sound like a stand right now, but the fact of the matter is, it's like, yeah, Aaron's not going through a situation where he, he, he doesn't think he's going to have a chance to succeed. So, him pouring all his leadership skills into this situation and knowing, you know, the best possible outcome is for them all to be together and work, work at this thing, he's done a great job of that. So, I see them all being on the same page. Some of the issues with Aaron Rodgers' offense the last couple of years is kind of the you know the locking on a wide receiver, kind of choosing favorites. Right. D- does that does that sort of just stop with a new team, or is that something you think he still has to kind of work through as he kind of finds himself with a new roster? Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, when you have a guy like Devontae Adams, you're gonna you're gonna throw the ball at that guy. You know what I mean? So there are some guys that kind of break the mold, break the rule when it comes to to keying in on guys, but. I think in this situation, he does like Jared Wilson a lot. But I think he's going to spread the ball around. Huh? And I, I know that because of the other signings they brought in, right? They brought in some familiarity, again, that, that word, with some of his guys from Green Bay. And so he will have outlet guys to go to, and they will know the text, right? So you also not just bring in the quarterback that though. You're bringing in, you know, Lazar. You're bringing in the Cobb. These people know the offense as well. So the communication is going to be open, and it's going to be a chance for them all to – Really learn this thing and, and hit and hit the road and hit, and hit the ground running. 
Um, in in all in full disclosure, I am a Rodgers fan, right? I've always oh, okay. Okay. I, I've been I've been the Rodgers defender for years, right? Yep. But I'm also I, I also know that he does have a tendency when things don't go well to not have the greatest body language in the world, right? And that yeah. and and yeah. teams people feed off that, like it's it's the old your body language screams what you're really thinking and, and feeling. Yeah. Um, I just I wonder this this kind of mythical idea of going out and trading for David Bakhtiari, who the Packers yeah. are like, dude, we're not trading our best linemen when we think we're pretty good. And it like that it just seems so I don't know, to me that that's the man, he doesn't like this offensive line thing at all. That's what it screams to me. And if yeah. he starts getting hit, like that's when the when the bad Aaron comes out, that's that's what I fear, Carrie, is that yeah. everything's hunky dory now when there's no adversity. You start getting hit no quarterback likes getting hit, especially when they're 39. And Aaron is somebody whose body language can change dramatically when when things aren't going the way he wants. Yeah, I don't like to get bumped and bumped in when I'm walking through a crowd. So no, when you're 39, you don't want to get hit as a quarterback for sure. And I, and you're right, Doug. You, um, you know that that stuff is true about him. I mean, you can't you can't uh, you can't hide the fact that that's that's the truth. But I also think, again, it, well, from what it seems like, I can't say I think, but from what it seems like. You know, he has this refreshed attitude about all this. And I know he knows that I, all eyes are on him. He's going to be sure. on his best, best behavior right now. But, yeah, when, 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 the thing, when the fire hits the fan, we'll see. I, I think that um, he really wants to go in there and win and prove that he can do it outside of, outside of Green Bay. And he has this chip on his shoulder. And, we, you know, once, you know, see guys like Joe Montana in, his old, old, in, the, in the 90s when he left Nobody really thought he was going to do much in Kansas City. He took that team to the playoffs. And, sure. I mean, I think I think it's AFC championship. AFC championship so, game. That's correct. Yeah. 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 So I mean, there, no. I, I see it playing out similar to that. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I I can see a world in which I, I think all of this was triggered honestly when Tom Brady came in and beat them in Green Bay. You know, and he and it's like his first year, and he takes off his helmet. He looks like a million bucks. Aaron Rodgers looks like you know he's been he's been in Alaska. For years, you know, like all worn and weathered, and he's like, "What am I doing here? I, w- I want out." Let, let me go around the league. league a little- long, Doug. <laughs> let, let me let me uh, let, let me go around the league a little bit. We we got a chance to see uh, Washington and Baltimore last night, and yeah. we're going crazy over Baltimore's Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. But it's yeah. it's the old idea of we're gonna are we gonna turn Lamar Jackson into a pocket passer? Mm-hmm. Um, does that work in your mind? I think it works. Uh, the one thing about Lamar that a lot of people kind of, I mean, gloss over or seem to forget is he was in a pro-style office at Louisville, right, with Petrino. And, I mean, obviously I went to Louisville, so I got to see those guys a lot. I, I went to see them in training camp. I saw them early in the season. And, obviously, the design runs were flashy, and that was part of what they did as well. But Petrino runs a pro-style office. And so being able to make reads and make throws and read the field is part, part of his package. But, you know, I think the one thing that Baltimore did they did two things. Number one, they, they built the offense around a player and his talents, which is great. Like, mm-hmm. that's part of maturity. That's part of, of being a, a really good coach in this league, being able to adapt to your best players and put them in a position to, to succeed. But at a point, there becomes a, a moment where you have to adjust again. People are going to start adjusting to what you do as well. So sure. they didn't do that with, with Roman. And now you get a chance with Monken to have – uh, a new, a, a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of ideas, and also build around the players that you have now. And the players they have now are guys that 
can get open at the receiver position. So, I mean, don't don't put it past Lamar being able to read the field and make passes because he, because he can. We had a discussion earlier about kind of the practice style now and the playing reps in the preseason. Yeah. We've kind of noticed that older coaches play their players um, and yeah. younger coaches don't in the preseason. Is there a preferred method, you think, to getting ready? Because I know you played an era, so did I, yeah. when you played in the preseason. And now we see younger coaches that don't play players that feels like they need the preseason reps. So Justin Fields and, and Anthony Richards, yeah. even Lamar's not playing at all in this offense, in this brand-new offense in the preseason. Yeah, you need to play a little bit. I'm from the old school, too. I think uh, the, the sweat equity that comes with playing and just, you know, the, the callus that comes from playing, like, you need that. And I, I know, like, you see all these guys having these these long season-ending injuries and they'll have these, uh, you know, injuries that keep, that are keeping them away from the game for such a long time. Obviously, you want to protect them, and, and that makes sense from the outside looking in. But once you're in it, you, you have to go through the wars. You have to go through the battles. Your body has to get adjusted to playing aggressive type of football. And I think they're they're stunting these kids and, and not giving them a chance to be successful by not letting them go out there and just get some reps. I mean, even when I was playing, I mean, I came in as a, as a rookie in 2005 as a starter. I mean, we still would play at least two or three series or two series. Just get your, you know, just get your feet wet and, and, and start being able to see the game and see the field from, you know, from that perspective when you're not hitting each other. So, I definitely believe in you have to play a little bit. Yeah, Gary, we just want to hit somebody. Let's just be honest. Right? <laughs> Once I need to hit somebody, right? That first hit, you're like, "Whoo, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, let's let's go." Kerry Rhodes, you can hear him on weekends here on Fox Sports Radio. Of course, play for the Jets, play for the Cardinals. Was a good one, really good on radio as well. Kerry, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, you Jeff. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. 
It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Hope you're doing well. With Jeff Schwartz, I'm Doug Gottlieb. And um, we've seen we've seen different reasons. Uh, but Jeff, they, they didn't have the joint did they have the joint practices when you played? Um, at the end of my career, I kind of straddled um, the the new CBA in twenty eleven. So I you know, when we ended the, the double days, we you know, we used the joint practices. I only I've only done one in my career in my nine years uh, of training camps. So um, yeah, not it wasn't as frequent. Did you like it? It was fine. We we were, I was in Detroit. We went to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, every video I've seen of a joint practice ended with a big brawl, right? We even had that on, on, on a Hard Knocks episode, I think, with the Falcons. And so we went to, I was with Jim Caldwell with the Lions. We went up to Latrobe and practiced against, against Mike Tomlin Steelers, and we were told no fighting. It just was very chill. I did not expect it to be as chill as it was. It was, it was fine. It wasn't what people make it out to be where – I think coaches put a lot of stock into these uh, into these joint practices more than they do some preseason games. Um, it it was fine. It was fine to play someone else, but also you're playing. Fine Pittsburgh. is not really like fine is fine is like the word mediocre. Yeah, right. Well, like also okay, too, so what is what what like what does mediocre mean? It was just it, it was training camp. Like I, it, it sucks. It all sucks. And then you're just doing it against someone else. And Pittsburgh had a different defense that we weren't going to face all season. Uh-huh. It, it just it felt like training camp. Like another training camp practice, but you're just not playing your own team. But you can't tackle right. You're 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 you're, you're not practicing cut blocks. You're not. It's not a game. It's, it's practice against someone else. Why? Well, these coaches and and general managers seem to love it. I don't. Uh, they they talk about it like it's the greatest thing ever. Correct. Why? It's scripted too. Like I think most of it's scripted, so you already know what you're going to do. Um, I don't know, man. I I find it very interesting how we have older coaches, right? Andy Reid, the Tomlin, the Belichick, the Pete Carroll, um, where you know they're they're pretty, and even kind of you know Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan has been in this business a long time. You know they're they're about playing their guys in preseason games, right? Like they want their starters to get reps in those games yes. to feel the live action to, to to hit a little bit to do it you know to do a live two minute drill to practice situations and then younger coaches um don't play their guys at all i i, I kind of don't understand why you know for the bears for example they didn't play justin fields or any of the offense he threw th- he completed three passes in his first game for negative eight air yards like you gotta a, a practice against, I think they played, I don't even know who they who were against. It's not the same as a game when you actually get hit, right? You're getting hit. They're, they're calling pressures and other things happening that you didn't see in practice. And you're working through communication and new wide receivers, new offensive linemen. And the young coaches, man, they love the joint practices. They view that as an opportunity to, to practice but not get hurt, get your work in and go home. And it's a, it's a you know, Andy Reid doesn't do joint practices. 
He's never done one. Um, he, he just he won't do it. Um, you know, I don't know how many Seattle does. I know, as I mentioned, Pittsburgh does them every now and then. Belichick's been known to do them as well. But the, the young coaches, they're about joint practices and no, and no playing preseason games. Yeah, I, I, I've talked about this with some <laughs> coaches and some other football people and some college coaches as well, which is um, I, I think one of the reasons for the kind of older school philosophy is and like you played so you would know way better than the rest of us, which is don't you need to hit somebody and yes. get hit to prepare to get hit and hit somebody? You can't. How do uh, this you're practicing and hitting so little now and the, the injury numbers are just as high, if not higher in many, many places. And so I think it has the opposite of the intended effect. Like the, McVay was the first one to go like, ah, my guys aren't playing. And yet when you look. Cooper Cup's gotten hurt twice, right? His own quarterback got hurt last year. He's been besieged by by injuries um, both in the pre and regular season, despite all of his efforts to not get hurt. Now, they've also been to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl, but they've had some down years because of those injuries. I just I, I mean I guess that's the question. Isn't there an amount that you have to hit um in order to build up some sort of like almost football antibodies? For the regular season. I believe so. I've always believed that. Now, do you need to do double days every day? No. Uh, but I do think that there's a part of, of the game that requires the physical contact to be able to learn as you know, learn your body and how to, to withstand, you know, the physical rigors of, of every play of, of different of playing multiple plays in a row. I mean, I think you have to do it still. Obviously, the the younger coaches don't feel that way. What I what I find so interesting about the is you mentioned the injury rate, right? Is is the NFL players have negotiated, right? This is in the CBA. Right. Less practice time, yep. more days off. Right. And when you do a negotiation, you so if you're saying, I want this, the owners go, well, I want this in exchange, right? Yes, yes. So we're losing, I would assume, a little bit of money to practice less because of quote-unquote injuries, but the injury rate has not gone down at all. So we're giving up money for no reason. It's not helping bodies last longer in the NFL. It's not helping guys withstand injuries longer. And again, I go back to, I, I know I use Andy Reid a lot on this, but he's been a successful coach for many, many years. They still have live tackling periods. Like, they, they college football, right? Why do you think Alabama and Georgia are so good? They have good players, obviously. We know that. But they have tough physical practice. Anyone talks about the way they practice, right? Like, that practice in football and the physicality in it, to me, is important to success. Sean McVay, obviously, he's kind of, he's proven everyone a little bit wrong. But as you mentioned, injuries have caught up to the Rams. But he also had a veteran team, a veteran quarterback, a veteran left tackle, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Like, he can afford to sit some of the younger players in the preseason. But I don't know why Anthony Richardson's not playing in the preseason. Why didn't he play this weekend? He could, he could use every – he threw the ball like 300 times at Florida. He used every rep possible. Justin Fields can, you, can use every rep possible right now. I don't get why these coaches don't want to see the guys out there. The injury rate in the preseason for quarterbacks is so low. They're not getting, they're not getting hurt. Why? What are you afraid about? Um, okay, you, you mentioned the Colts, and the story came out yesterday that Jonathan Taylor has been given the okay – to go and uh, with his agent to go and search for a trade partner. And so remember, Taylor's a guy who he's been a star when he's healthy in the league, wasn't healthy last year, uh, but wants to reset the running back market. And here we are, August 22nd, and his agent's going to be calling around trying to, trying to get a trade. And remember, in order to trade for Jonathan Taylor, you not only have to 
have the Colts agree to the trade and the value of the trade, but you also have to re-sign him to a contract extension, and he wants it at what he believes fair market value is top of the market because when healthy, he's top of the market running back. Is is there a team out there that's going to offer him that? No. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I was so hopeful the Colts would do it so we stop having this discussion about running back worth and, and salaries and whatnot because it's we kind of do a, what? Would, would give him a long-term contract that was a lot of money so we stopped talking about this because I feel like this is a discussion that is um, it's the, the answer is in front of us and yet some people still want to you know and I, I look I'm an offensive lineman I played with with a Hall of Fame running back and Adrian Peterson, one that would have been with Jamal Charles if he hadn't got hurt, uh, two other Pro Bowl guys and D'Angelo Williams and, and Jonathan Stewart. I've benefited from those guys, but if I'm building a team right now, I'm not drafting one in the first round. I'm not paying one a second contract. Um, that's just not a smart way to build your team. And I understand that makes everyone a little uncomfortable when you say, hey, these guys have put in the work, they've, they've sacrificed their bodies, and they don't deserve more money. Yeah, I get it. I get why that's uncomfortable to say. But if you're building a team, you just can't pay that guy. The only guy off the top of my head right now that is, I think, really going to be, it could be a difference maker in, in winning or losing a Super Bowl is Christian McCaffrey, right? On, on the, he he kind of changed that offense. But I'd argue, Doug, that Brock Purdy has to take another jump this season for them to win. It doesn't matter how good McCaffrey is. Well, I mean, the, the, here, here's the McCaffrey argument, okay? So when they, remember his first three years, he didn't miss a snap. Yes. Okay. And they gave him a contract extension earlier than they needed to. And um, then he was then he was banged up for a couple of years. Then they traded him. Did you know the Carolina, and you probably do because you they live there. They were better, yes. They were actually better running the football. Correct. After they traded him. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And so, and he's <laughs> and he's light years ahead. So, the first thing I, I don't like, I, I'm going to disagree. I generally agree with you that you probably don't take a guy in the first round unless... You know, you got all everything else because th- the first round money doesn't really hurt. Doesn't really hurt you. It's the second contract which does because none of them end up living up to the second contract. Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, like we go through it. Todd Gurley, all these guys got the big second contract, and none of them were nearly as good in the second contract as they were the first contract. McCaffrey hasn't been as healthy in the second contract as he was the first contract. Alvin Kamara. Hasn't been able to stay healthy, right? Derrick Henry is, but Derrick Henry's making twelve years. But the the most important thing I I would I would push back on is, it's not that I don't want him on my team. It's not that I don't want to offer him a contract extension. I just don't want to pay him sixteen million dollars. I'll pay him twelve. Pay him, I'll, you know, I'll pay him twelve. Fine for you know a couple years of, of like two years of 12 million. Fine. I'm just not going to pay 16 and it's not because I'm cheap. It's because I can use that other money for, a for, for something else. Correct. That, that, that is why, right? So like for, if you're Tennessee, for example, you're, you're, you're the Titans. And I argue that Derrick Henry is the last hall of fame running back. We have in the NFL right now. He's like the last guy. Cause guys, to your point, they're not getting paid. They're not staying on the same team. And the longevity of that position is not going to be long enough to be a Hall of Famer. And, and a lot of young players are not going to play running back, and so the, the, the talent pool is going to change. Um, if you're a Titans fan, would you take a little bit less production from the running back position, but you have more money to spend on an offensive line and more money to spend on, a, on, on another player to help your quarterback? Like I think you would say in the end you would have done that, right? That Your point's exactly right. It's not about not paying the back. It's about spending money 
in other parts of your team and finding a running back in the second round or third round or paying obviously you know a lower amount to a starting running back to come as a free agent you still need a run game though this doesn't mean that you've sacrificed the physicality and the violence and and the attitude of a run game right it's still important to have that as part of your team you just don't need that that bell cow running back who you who you draft in the first round um, and your point's accurate look if you have an if you're a team that has a lot of talent and you just need one more piece, and the running back might be that piece. Taking the first-round pick on him is not the worst thing in the world. Um, but you still need that as part of your offense, Doug. You still need to be able to hit and run the ball and set up and set a play-action pass and things like that. But you just don't need to do it with someone you're paying $15 million, $15 million a year to. Right. I, I, so, and then you factor in the timing of it is really bad for Jonathan Taylor, right? Because we've had an entire preseason— and no top-level running back has gotten hurt. So there's nobody who's a, a, a team that thinks they can compete for a Super Bowl that is in dire need of a running back, so much so that they'll move mountains and overpay a guy, right? Because that's the type of thing that, that will happen. Um, and, like, again, one, if you're the Colts, you're not going to take a draft pick from somebody who's, you know, I mean, what, what, what draft pick is going to be offered? And then are you going to, you know, you're going to give a bunch of money? To, I, I just... <laughs> the timing is screwy. Yeah. You know, if it was the off season, I think he'd have a shot. But but right like a couple weeks for the regular season, yeah. no shot. Well, let's also be fair here. Like a team could have traded for him two weeks ago if they wanted to. Like even though they said, Oh, we're not trading him, he's untouchable. Yep. If a team called and said, Hey, we're giving you a first round pick, he would have been out of there two weeks ago. So teams have had the opportunity to trade for him, you mentioned the point of 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 the actual draft pick they're going to receive, right? So if you're a team who would want Jonathan Taylor, assumption I think we're correct on this would be a back end of the first round draft pick, right? So you know people said Buffalo, I don't see them trading for a first round pick for running back, but certainly possible that first round pick is going to be pick twenty eight, right, twenty seven. Is that something you want? I think you would say yes if you're the Colts, but you're not going to get. If you ask for the second round pick, now you're looking in you know the late fifties, right? So the pick changes obviously depending on on where that team is going to draft. And a bad team's not training for Jonathan Taylor, and then you have to pay him. Of course, I think he's got to play this season. I feel bad for Baxman. I don't I don't have a great solution for them. The CBA is not changing for five or six running backs that want to get more money. Um, I I don't know what the answer is. I, I'm gonna tell you something that a general manager told me last week. That yeah. Like you you'll have people who go on radio and TV and say, "Don't be a running back." And make, like, still make a lot of money. Well, you still make a lot of money, <laughs> right? You're not going to be the highest paid guy or the second highest paid guy, but you're going to be paid a lot more than a lot of other positions. And it's actually a lot easier to make the league as a running back because you keep three or four. It, it is. And again, look, I know we're talking in terms of NFL contracts, right? Right. But Saquon Barkley's made a lot of money. Yes. Like he's made a lot of money. Jonathan Taylor is going to make a lot of money. Right. I know it's not the same as another position in the NFL. Right. And well, it's like, like we th- finally figured out <laughs> that it's like it, it took a while, but they finally figured out like, hey, you know, and this is this is no different, by the way, than in the NBA. Like the power forward is now it's extinct. You know, the traditional the Charles Oakley power forward they those guys don't exist anymore. Correct. Right. And then the traditional center, and you can tell me Jokic is a traditional center. Like he's yeah, not, sure, sure. I mean, he's, yeah. he, he's not, but the tradition, the Roy Hibberts of the world have, hmm. have no value. So this is just the changing times to where we're like, wait, why were we spending a bunch of money there? Resources there. Let's move it around. We do that in business. 
We do that in other sports. Why don't we do like in, in major league baseball, how many teams have we seen go with an opener instead of a starting pitcher? Why does it really make sense to have some you know, depend, put all your money on one starter whose arm can break down instead of having a great bullpen and spread it out. Like these are real things that happen. And yet we get so caught up in running backs, whether it's because of fantasy football or the emotions of it, or when we grew up, the running back was everything, whatever it is, the reality to it is this is a, a microcosm of the rest of the business world, and the rest of the sports world. Things do change. And it's not that they have no value. It's just their value hasn't grown like other sports, other positions values have grown. Absolutely. And and that's okay. And I know people have a hard time with that because I think your point is very, is very accurate because the fantasy football part of it is yeah. like, you know, these players, you know what they look like with their helmets off. They score touchdowns. They, that's they why. Score I mean, they score tutties. So, and they do play a very physically demanding position. There are times I've been on a football field and I've heard a running back get hit and I thought they were going to not get up afterwards. Like yeah. it's a violent position to have to play. And we see those hits, they're very visceral. But to your point, and the point I've made for years now is that it, the game has changed where those guys just the value, the, the actual dollar amount to pay those guys is not what it used to be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everything you love about Mercedes, the style, the comfort, the technology, the choice, is now available in electric. The vehicles, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice, all yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.